Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, and Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Chris from Nerd Alert News, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to right now, the opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Check out all the other great podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Hi, everybody. Uh, 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 well, Cubs win! The Cubs didn't win. Hell, hell, my Cubs win! Hell, my Cubs win! Hell, my Cubs win! Hell, my Cubs win! Hell, my and who and who did you you did Jello pudding pops in there right and Bill Cosby so you did mm-hmm. you did a Harry Carey yep. Bill Cosby mashup yep so anyway yeah I am one of the hosts and apparently Harry Carey Bill Cosby is my other host tonight on this episode of uh, of Harry Game Life Harry Cosby Harry Cosby po- on this episode of, of, of Game Life Balance the, the US the and the Mons and the <laughs> Yeah, Bill Cosby. So we we were actually we were just talking about how dumb it is that we're recording tonight because we were recording on the first night of the World Series in which the Chicago Cubs are playing, who is my team that I cheer for and who I'm I'm very passionate about. And it is a team that has not they have not been to the World Series since like 1948. 40, it was the last time they were in the World Series. Wasn't it 45? 48? 45. 45. It was 48 or 45. And they have not won the World Series since 1908. So the fact that they're in the World Series is a big deal. And yet here I am recording for you. Yeah, that's your fault. Because I didn't realize you were such a Cubs fan. And you didn't say, oh, hey, by the way... The Cubs are playing their first World Series game in 73 years. Maybe we should record Wednesday night, but here we are. You're I've right. literally been a Cubs fan forever. I mean, I remember that you were at one point a Green Bay fan, and now you no longer care about anything. You this just want to watch the you want to watch the world burn. That's where you're at now. This was before I, I started to live with a hipster and started to hate anything popular, especially sports. Sports are are unpopular in her household, huh? Oh, she says she's not a hipster. She is. Uh, the no, I well, I don't know. I just I'm kind of anti-sports lately. But I live, you know, I live a, a mile from Wrigley Field. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I know you do. I'm I'm sure it's probably really crazy in your neighborhood right now. Yeah, it's insane. Saturday night, I went out with some friends and we went to the Music Box Theater, which is this really cute theater from the. 20s or 30s or whatever and they've got they've got a, a 70 millimeter screen where they show special screenings of 70 millimeter films like they did uh, stanley kubrick one a few weeks ago they did 2001 over the summer we saw the hateful eight there in 70 millimeter so it's really cool theater and um saturday <laughs> they had a screen did you know what i did saturday 
I don't think so. Do you know what Maybe? movie they screened there that I saw with Blake and John? Saturday movie screen. Um, Land Before Time. Highlander. Highlander. As in, like, there can be only one Highlander. Yeah, as in there can be only one. Yeah, thirty in 35mm, original, crappy film quality, the Sean Connery. Have you seen Highlander? Gosh, it's been 15 years, and I don't even think I was interested in it when I saw it. So I'm pretty sure I don't really remember it. It was amazing. And I mean that in the most amazingly bad, amazing way. It's kind of B-movie-ish, right? I mean, it's like kind of. It's kind of B-movie-ish. Very, very car- 80s. Very 80s. It's it's like if you took ancient Scotland and the best parts of that in modern action movies and just made it the most 80s thing ever and, that, and added Sean Connery, and there you go. So was it crowded? So yeah, so so we we um we were walking from the train or something to the the theater and it's on Southport, which is just a couple a couple streets over basically f- from Wrigley Field. It's it's very close. And the foot track it was it was right after the game had gotten out when we showed up because we got there around eleven around probably ten, ten thirty. No now Cody is referring to when he says the game has got out, Cody's referring to the game in which the Cubs clinched their path into the World Series. Well, so they won the pennant. Th- they won the pennant, which means they won the National League for the year on this night at Wrigley Field, which has not happened in a very, very long time. So it was very exciting. Yeah, it was, It was. I mean, just cars laying on their horns nonstop, people high-fiving everyone, everyone screaming, everybody's freaking out, people are crying. It was. It was pretty great. It was good. And there I was, standing in line, to watch Highlander. Well, I think that was probably the crowd they were going for, right? So they just assumed that everybody was going to win, or that, that the Cubs were going to win, everybody was going to file out, and they're going to be like, I cannot believe what just happened. The Cubs finally have made it to the World Series. It's been 50 years. They finally made it to the World Series. 60 years. I need to go watch Highlander in its original form. I think it's, I think it's because when the Cubs won the pennant, they realized there can be only one. Now, I didn't see the game where they clinched the pennant, but I heard that after the last out, one of the Cubs players held up his baseball bat and it was struck with lightning, and the entire okay. team had electricity surging through them. Is that true? That's uh, my knowledge. Oh. So what, uh, you know, I, I am not hipster enough to go to these old-timey movie theaters. The only, like, old-timey movie theater that I go to that shows these... These movies in like either their original format or whatever is actually just a budget theater that's actually just a piece of trash. So it's not actually doing anything to be hipster. It's doing it because it's ultra cheap and I can get movie tickets for like three dollars. Mm-hmm. So when you go to this this movie theater, like what's the draw? Are there like really comfy seats? That, that is or is it just like, or is it just because you're a hipster now? Part of it's the programming. They do show some movies some more independent films they show a lot of good old classics like i mentioned earlier 2001 they screens dune in 70 millimeter last month i believe oh that takes like half a day doesn't it probably um what else what else do we see there 
probably other stuff. We saw a really obscure anime there from the 70s that was totally th- out of control. I think I th- you actually talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, I think I talked about it on the podcast. So um, it's it's just cool stuff, and the staff is really nice, and it's it's a cool facility. You know, it's it's kind of like the Coronado Theater in Rockford, not as ornate, but just an older theater that you know people used to kind of dress up to go to the theater, and it was a real movie experience. So it's, it's, it's cool, and it's not super overpriced. It's, you know... It, it's, so do you have to be dressed in like a suit and also be white like you had to be back in like the 1940s? So they're pretty progressive. They're now allowing non-whites into the theater, um, but you do have to be wearing a bow tie. However, shirts are optional. So it's, it's a weird weird mishmash of rules there. That probably, that probably makes for a, a very cosmopolitan crowd. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, but anyway, so we saw the film. It was it was totally outrageous. And but th- there was something I was gonna. You made me think of something actual to say about seeing about Highlander. Uh, yeah, or being white in a theater. Yeah, it's, it was man. Oh, it, and it was opened by. Do you watch Parks and Rec? Yes. You know the guy. I, mean, I have seen episodes of Parks and Rec. It's not a show that I watch on a consistent basis. Oh, okay. Uh, Nick Offerman opened yes. Highlander. Is he from Chicago or something? I don't know. I don't think he is, but he was at the Music Box Theater earlier that day for a book signing, and he found out they were playing Highlander, and I guess he got so excited that he decided to stick around or come back a couple hours after his book signing to intro Highlander. So... Do you know how annoying <laughs> Chicago sounds to the rest of the world? You know that is just annoying. <laughs> this is not like a normal thing. It's it's not like oh I'm out going to a random theater. Oh look a random Hollywood person is here. No, uh, Nick Offer and, and he just stood up and he was wearing a Cubs jersey and he he said that during the book signing he like did an intro or something and then put on the game on stage so people could watch while they were waiting in line for the signing, which is smart. But he did say that. There was some movie star on the set of Parks and Rec who wasn't huge yet but was big. I don't remember the name. And he said Probably some, Donald Donald Trump. It probably it's probably Donald Trump. And he said I he said there can be only one and the person kind of looked at him and he goes, You've seen Highlander, right? And he goes, Oh yeah, I don't know if I'm meaning to see that. And Nick Offerman says that he that day booked a screening on the lot where they were shooting, saw Highlander, just the two of them, and then this person became a big movie star. And that was his funny little anecdote. So we just stood up there for like 10 minutes, basically saying, go Cubs. Cubs are great. I love being here. Cubs and Highlander's are really good too. Highlander's great. All right, cool. There can be only one. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty outrageous. But it, it's such a weird, cheesy 80s movie that you don't know. Everyone was laughing at different parts because some parts are cheesy and laughable to some people and other parts are not. But it, at all points, basically, someone was laughing at something. And with all the drugs I had in my system, there was... That. It's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. I would probably laugh at it now as well. And probably, it's not, it's probably not a movie anymore that I could watch and take seriously. It's, a, it's very much a relic of its time. Yeah, it's, it sure is. But it, it's, it's, worth, it's worth seeing once, because it... I don't know, it's Highlander. And our friends referenced it so excessively growing up. I feel like I've always known about Highlander, and I've never actually seen it. Now I've seen it, and once is enough. I probably will not return to Highlander. It's certainly not in a hipster movie theater where it takes $18 to buy a ticket. $18 for popcorn, $36. I can't believe the the tickets are $36 and the popcorn's $48. $49 plus. That's a 
It's a lot of money for just popcorn. Yeah. So there's that. Well, speaking of movies, um, if you, I don't know if you had anything else to say about the Cubs, but you're a big movie guy, and you—it's my favorite time of year too. It is your favorite time of year for movies. For ever, well, for everything really. So um, it is currently today. It is October 25th. It is our last record. It's our last episode that we are recording before my favorite holiday in the world, which is Halloween. All um, Hallows Eve. I am the type of person that celebrates the month of Halloween. So we have some cool decorations that I like that we put up in the house. Nothing like gaudy or fantastical, but just some stuff I like for Halloween. Um, And like the fall time. I love the fall in Minnesota as well. Uh, It is depressing because it is moving into winter. It is a shame that spring, summer, and fall comprise about three months of this state. And then the remaining nine months are winter, but that is just where I've chosen to live. Um, So I love the fall. It's like cooling off. Sweater weather. It's perfect outside. I just absolutely love it. Running outside right now is awesome. Um, but my favorite thing in the world for Halloween are is, is or I should say is celebrating it by watching a variety of movies and playing a variety of video games. So in years past, before we had Max, um, your son for those my who son, are new to the podcast. my son Max, if you're new to the if you're new to the podcast, um, before we had Max, he is now almost three. Um, there was a lot more free time to kind of enjoy myself over over Halloween at any point in, in time yeah but but I mean specifically if we're talking about Halloween you know um and and so like I used to stay up pretty late uh playing video games watching movies whatever and so I would stay up like most nights in October and either watch a movie or work on some sort of scary video game and it was when I was playing through like all of the Resident Evils again I played through a lot of Castlevanias over Halloween uh Halloween time uh and it was it was awesome. This year, and we won't talk about it on this podcast, but this year I played Doom over the course, the, the new Doom um, over the course of the month of October. I think I pr- it probably was about three weeks long, and I just finished it this past weekend. So it really kind of comprised my entire month of October in terms of gaming. Um, and that was awesome. But again, we'll talk about that one when we go full game on another episode. I did watch a lot of horror-related stuff over the course of this month. So that has been fun. So um, my wife and I just started the second season of American Horror Story on Netflix. Have you heard of that show? Good things. You should turn the lights down, by the way, so we get so it's like I, spooky Halloween mood lighting. If I turn the lights down, you're just going to get the glow from my monitor lighting me, and it's not going to look spooky. It's just going to look dumb. Okay. I have no way to turn the lights down. Okay, that's fair. I have one overhead light. I can't do what you need me to do, Cody. <sighs> Bill Cosby, Harry Carey. So um, we, yeah, American Horror Story is this, it's a... Wait, is this life stuff? I don't stuff? know how to describe, how to, sure, life stuff. Good segment intro, John. Yeah, I do what I can for the podcast. Um, yeah, so it's this show on AMC, and each season tells one story. So I don't really know what... I don't really know what uh, style that is or what framing that is for for a story arc. But basically... The Wire did that, didn't it? No, The Wire was a... I can't, well, so kind of, I think. I don't think it did... I think it still had, like, the same characters and everything. 
I mean, this show has like a literally completely different story. The really weird part is that the actors stay the same. So the actors are playing a different role every season. What? Yeah, it's really unique. It's a really unique thing. So the first season was it was a haunted house themed because basically it's going through all of like the major horror themes over the course of of the show. So the first theme was like uh, Amityville horror haunted house style. Um, the second season is a uh, a uh, insane asylum. I think it's actually called Asylum. Um, the third season was called which is called or was called witches. So it's a it's a season completely about witches, and I think it's it actually stars Lady Gaga, um, which is kind of interesting. The fourth season is a circus freak season, and then uh. the fifth season that they just got they were they're on season six, and then the fifth season is I can't remember off the top of my head, but the first season was really surprising to us when we watched it. We watched it for we watched it when Casey was pregnant because we had a lot of time when she was pregnant, and it was surprising how like legit scary it was for a cable TV show. Um, it was weird to us that it could be that they could show that kind of stuff, I guess on cable, on cable TV rather than like she, an HBO. And she's in the horror. No, movies? not at all. So it like, she got invested in the story because she didn't think it was going to be kind of as like gory and scary as it, as it ended up being. Um, so like that's been cool. And so we started season two and it's it's definitely a different thing than season one. Not sure if I like it as much yet, but that's been really good. So that's been like a horror theme thing we've gotten to do. Black Mirror, the third season of that came out. And while that's not technically horror, it's... Wait, second season. Third season. It's it, Two seasons were already Wait. out. Each season was like three episodes Wait, really? long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So this is the third season. So the third season of Black Mirror came out. And while it's not technically a horror show, I would say there are many horrible things in that show. <laughs> and I think, it, I think it should count for Halloween. So, is, is that like, have you been thinking of that joke for two weeks? No. Just bottling it in since our last episode? <laughs> not at all. I, I am I'm very much on the record, and I love this show. Uh, and, and, but Black Mirror is a show. It's a television show that... I don't think there I don't think there's a show on TV that makes me feel as bad about like the future of humanity as Black Mirror makes me feel. So basically Black Mirror listener, if you have access to Netflix, you should go watch it. Came out like 5 years ago. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Came out like 5 years ago. I have. We yeah. both did. And two seasons were released and then it got canceled. Got picked up by Netflix. Netflix had the 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 first two seasons, which were each like 3 episodes long because it was a BBC show. Had the has the first two seasons and it got kind of a cult following over being on Netflix. I, my, I know my wife and I watched the first two seasons and were just floored with it. So they decided they were going to make a third one as original content, like they've been doing, which is awesome. So the third season just released, and this show is a really weird show for me because it's one of the it's it's Twilight Zone, only set in the future. So it's a contemporary Twilight Zone set in the future. Only the themes are are like the logical dystopian extension of what our obsession with technology is going to bring us in a variety of forms. That's kind of the theme of the show. And so it is the, it is the only show that I can think of the first show. And and the only show that I can think of where I can't there in, in almost all cases, I can't watch more than one episode of this show because how awful I feel when we're done with an episode. So 
and it, the third the third season, the first episode of the third season did not skip a beat in terms of how it made me feel. It was the exact same as all of the rest. In fact, within the first five minutes of the third episode of the first episode of that that third season, I was I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I can watch this episode. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can actually sit here through this because it just makes you feel just awful, just really awful. So, I. You're making me you want should to watch, watch it. it right you should watch now. it. It's it's really great. It's really great. Um, so we did that, and then I, what I started, and this is something that I can talk about because I didn't end up end up actually playing it. But I started playing The Evil Within after I finished Doom. It's a it's a game that came out. I want to say it's a video game. Came out on newer platforms: PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Came out. Uh, I want to say a little over a year ago. It was last year. Could have actually been 2014, but it's it's older ish, and um, it's it's this third person survival horror game. So I thought it would be very fitting for Halloween. Sure. And the conceit of the game is basically, what if we? Everybody loves Resident Evil Four. It's like the best Resident Evil game. Everybody thinks it's the best Resident Evil game. What if we took Resident Evil Four, but we made it a stealth game? The idea is not that interesting to me, to be honest, because I don't really like stealth games. The the the, the graphics and the theme on it are are great, though. Like, just the look of the game is great. So I was like, well, I should at least give it a shot. I got it on a Humble Bundle, I think, a year ago or something. So I've had it forever and just have never played it. I thought, well, now was the time. So I started playing it, and it's, like, the clunkiest game that I've played in a really long time. I don't know if you remember retro great retro gaming at all but there were times back with like retro games where the controls just didn't feel like snappy at all right like it, sometimes characters felt like you were kind of moving in mud a little bit inputs didn't feel necessarily reactive to what you were doing yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way it used to be and it's gotten a lot better over the years so this game is not better this game is this game is back to that kind of clunky, muddy feeling controls, and so the very first thing you have to do, the very first thing before you even get the splash screen of the of the credits, is you have to escape from this chainsaw wielding guy, and you have to like sneak around and hide from him, and it's supposed to be an introduction to stealth. It's supposed to be like the easiest thing you do in the game, because it's the it's the prologue, right? I sat there for forty five minutes this morning on this scene, trying to figure out what they wanted me to do to get around this chainsaw guy. And you gotta, you gotta move through some doorways and move through some hallways and you have to hide in like a locker while he walks by. And then, you know, he's got a path that he walks around in a circle, whatever you hide under a table. Um, and it turns out, so I, I was doing this and I was, I was walking around the room and everything. And it turns out that the game, the designers actually wanted you to go in a completely like different door and like throw a bottle to distract this thing and then run through this hallway. But there was this, there's this hallway off to the right that I went down every single time I tried because at the end of this hallway was a locker that you could hide in and the big bad guy with a chainsaw would walk by you. But no, it turns out that that's not actually the way you needed to go. In fact, you couldn't complete what you needed to do by going that way. So it's this big, dumb Good. red herring, like, at the start of the game, and the checkpointing is awful. So each time that I died, I lost about four to seven minutes of progress. 
Each time. Are you serious? Yeah, each time. So I died, and I'm a persistent person. So I died like the fifth time, and I said, I'm going to look this up online, and if I die one more time, I'm literally putting the game down, and I'm not coming back to it. So I looked it up online, and I was, I was like, wait, you're supposed to go in this side of the door, and you're supposed to throw this bottle, and then that's what you're supposed to do? And just completely bypass this other hallway? Why is this hallway there? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I did it. I immediately got through that part, because that was apparently what you were wow. supposed to do. I was very frustrated. And then I had to go to work. So... The, the next day, because I, I do my gaming in the morning before work, the next day, I load it up, that was today, and I start playing it, <clears throat> and you're, you're like walking around this, this lake kind of thing, and there are these zombie looking things that are chasing you, whatever. Uh, it's not good, and the stealth's not good, and the stealth kills, all that stuff is not good, and you, there are traps that are set for you that like they have dynamite attached to them and explode. And they teach you very early how to uh, disarm the traps. So there was this one trap that I walked up to and I snuck up to it just like the way it showed me before. And I tried to disarm it and it wouldn't give me the prompt to disarm it. So I tried to turn around to walk the other way and go around it. And when I turned around, because of the way like the turning radius is on the character he like turned directly into the trap and sprung it and I died and I lost like 15 minutes before the last checkpoint and I literally put it down and I'm like, games have come further than this. Games are better than this. I can't play this game and I'm done. I'm like, I, wow. I just don't have the patience for it. I, I don't, I, my game, my game time is so much more limited than it used to be that I just cannot have the patience for that like badly optimized of a game it's it was awful it was awful in a way that video games that i have played recently have not been awful in a very very long time yeah no that sounds pessimized so yeah go 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 check out the evil within you can get it for like five dollars probably on steam i thought it would be a good horror so so my project tomorrow i'm going to start playing uh costume quest again and play through that again before halloween because it's Five days before Halloween, I'll be able to knock that out in the next like three or four days. But I love this season. Oh, and I did. I did this past weekend. I went to go see a horror movie by myself, which I really like to do. Um, you know, I was like, hey, I asked my wife, can you watch Max over, you know, today, like after nap time, I can go catch a, catch a movie. And I went and saw, um, there's, a, there's a movie out called Ouija Origins of Evil. It's a new. Yeah, how is that? Su- like surprisingly awesome. Um, but th- there's a. There's like a when you're not with somebody else and you watch a horror movie, I don't I don't know I know you're not into horror at all but I I li- like I like that feeling of being scared after watching a horror movie or during watching a horror movie and then is definitely heightened when I am alone and I'm watching a horror movie and I think that just makes sense I don't know obviously the psychology behind that but I I think it's pretty that would, most people would say that um, and. So I'm, I'm in the theater and I'm watching this movie and I'm one of four people in the theater. You know, there's me, one other single person, and then a couple that are in there. And the movies, I've, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I thought it was quite frightening. Liked it, got out of there, and uh, walked into the bathroom because I was gonna go, I'm gonna go go to the bathroom before I go home. And just the way that the bathroom in this place was situated, you had to like turn a corner to get to the urinals. And a guy was like standing right there when I turned the corner that I was not expecting to be there. 
and I just seen a horror movie, mm-hmm. and I jumped back like to the sink and slammed my butt into the sink, and I was like, oh. You know, and he looked at me like I was crazy because he was turning around to go wash his hands. And I'm like, we're cool. Cool. Just got to go to the bathroom. Not expecting you there. So that was that was pretty funny. But yeah, it was. Uh, I can recommend going to see that movie in the theaters. And the weird thing about that movie, the thing that really intrigued me was that it it's, it's rating on Rotten Tomatoes at the time that I saw it was something like 80%, which is not at all. Very All good. common for horror movies. Very, very uncommon for horror movies. So I figured I, I got to check it out because they don't come around that often. Uh, and so I saw that. And so you, you should go see that if you are a horror movie fan. And it is still in theaters when you listen to this because it is very good. Cool. And you're a bit of a horror movie buff. So that's a informed recommendation. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of... I mean, I could go through the Netflix movies I've been watching as well over the course of Halloween. But we don't need to. I've been doing a lot of you know repeats of movies I've seen before. But I try to watch... I mean, I used to watch a movie a day in October. That doesn't happen anymore. But I watch a movie probably every other day or every three days or so. Uh, horror movies, just to because I like them. That's They're awesome. I, and in the days leading up to Halloween, I may post some old episodes of our of our old podcast, Unqualified Gamers, because we did that for four years, and there was always some kind of Halloween centric episode where you would talk about good horror movies that you were watching and horror movie traditions and traditions for some reason i vividly remember you talking about how you would sit on your porch and watch a horror movie on your tablet yeah and now i have that three season porch and so i go out there and i watch it on my tv and it's freezing and it's awesome that porch is awesome yeah i know it's like sweet i did not know before meeting you that a three seasons porch was a thing or a name and before meeting you, before going to your house, uh, and I, I thought it had a dumb name, and then it's a dumb name at Three Seasons Porch. I don't know why. I just, I just don't like the name, but I want one. Like if I if I were to become a homeowner and I had to have an amenity that was kind of spoilery, spoiling me, spoil that's, myself. That's I want to spoil have. myself. It would be a three season. Well, yeah, because I mean, there are a lot of days where where my girlfriend was just say, you know, oh, it's really nice outside. We should go outside. We should go outside. And I, I, I legitimately want to be part of this outside that I hear so much about. It's a but great I place. I also want to spend nine hours straight playing Final Fantasy fourteen, And I can't easily do that outside. This is the best of both worlds. And no bugs. No bugs. So that's, and that's pretty nice. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's that's actually one of my favorite parts about living in the city is that there's such little bug action in the city. That's all cool horror movie stuff. You know, I I have a little... First of all, I feel compelled to play through Castlevania Symphony of the Night, even though it's not scary at all. But you know what? Like, horror stuff doesn't have to be scary uh, to be a good thing to partake in over the over the Halloween season. I mean, my this, my favorite yeah. my favorite horror movie is called Trick or Treat, which is a horror anthology that's funny. It's like a comedy horror anthology, and I watch it every year. I'll be watching that this weekend, and it's not scary at all, but it's the perfect Halloween movie. So, this uh, brings me to my one anecdote about Halloween. So, a couple years ago, there's like a free stuff table at at one of my employers where. If we get something from a publicist or a book sent to us or something and, and we don't end up 
using it or, uh, you know, at WGN, like the host doesn't want it. They'll just kind of pass it off to whoever. And I got a few old DVDs that we had found in some box somewhere in some archive somewhere in, in our building. And there was one called Penumbra. And it's a horror movie. It's just from a few years ago. And I took this home. So I, I, I got this this DVD specifically because my um, my girlfriend lived in Argentina for a long time and just like, speaks Spanish, Latin American stuff. And this takes place in Buenos Aires. And it's about a a highly motivated, arrogant, and successful businesswoman on assignment in this city that she hates and loathes. And I thought that was a funny premise. And she's in the Argentinian capital on a day. The whole population is, and I'm reading this from Rotten Tomatoes, quote, waiting to view a rare solar eclipse, unquote, (laughs) which is obviously a great setup for a horror movie, right? So it currently has a 26% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's really bad. That's that's really bad. Well, 26% liked it. The average rating is 2.7, which actually isn't. I mean, it's bad. The critic rating is 50%, but only six reviews were counted because it's, I think it's in Spanish. Anyway, so I, I got this specifically to share with her because I, I, she does not like horror movies. And I honestly don't really either. I'll do one a year, one every couple of years, just as like a, you know, as a, to mix things up. No, I mean you're a, you're a bit squeamish, right? It's because I'm I'm, and this might sound sexist, but it's because I'm womanly, and women are all frightened, uh, uh-huh. you know, creatures. Delicate, of, uh, you're very delicate. De- yeah, um, fragile. Right. Things, yeah. Fragile. Things like that. So, uh, but I respect them. I respect them more Weak. than anyone. Right. You we respect- we res- no one respects women more than we do. Yeah, but they're they're. They're weak and, and generally useless. But aside from that, so I, I, you know, we don't love horror films, but I'm like, well, we should we should watch this. And and she, I expected a little bit of give, a little bit of adventurousness, and she, her reaction was more more along the lines of, no, that's dumb. We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. The, the the only Halloween theme movie we've watched in our relationship was Hocus Pocus, which is not scary. No, that's terrifying. I disagree. That's a terrifying. That's the one with B. Arthur, right? Yep. Yep. No, that's a terrifying movie. That's truly terrifying. And the worst part was we watched it on YouTube, and to avoid the YouTube copyright, they zoomed in the movie slightly and flipped it 180 degrees. So, or not, not, they flipped it, they reverse mirrored it horizontally. So all the lighting was backwards. Yeah. So you could probably still find it on YouTube, some illegal copy that's zoomed in so you miss all the edges, and it's backwards. So if you look at any text, it's totally backwards. Um, that was – I was really drunk that happy, night, so that's fine. Happy freaking happy Halloween, right? I mean, that's – Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, if, if people are like me and they're looking for movie recommendations that are not scary but I feel are horror-themed like, my go-to – is Tremors. Yeah, that's definitely not scary. Are you not... That movie's great, though. I mean, it's really, really campy. I, I will agree with you there. Like, it's funny. It's very... It's very... It's too self-serious, which is what makes it good. It gets, like, later on in that series... So Tremors has, like, seven movies now. Later on, they leaned into the camp, and they tried to make it about that. But... 
the very first movie was supposed to be a serious horror movie. And that's what makes it so good is because it's so campy of a movie. I thought it was a little self-aware. No, the first one. it's not self-aware. It wasn't. It was not meant to be. All right. Well, I think Tremors is great. It's not scary. No, it's per not. Per se. But you get a couple thrills. It is great. chills. It's, yeah, it's got Kevin Bacon in it, so you know it's got to be good. Is it Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Wow. A very young Kevin Bacon with longish hair. Yeah. He's not that young, but yeah. And Reba McIntyre. Sure. Yeah. So there's that. Well, Tremors is my go-to. That's the only suggestion that I have. And and just for the listeners' remembership, last year on our last Unqualified Gamers Halloween special, you talked about a video game that you can play a different storyline for each character, and you insisted you would play it again this year. It was a it's a it's a PS4 game I thought and it's uh, oh par- yeah 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 that's until dawn until dawn okay and so I one shout out thousand, to until dawn I one thousand percent would love to play that again this year but it kind of the month kind of got away from me a little bit and I don't know if I'm going to be able to yeah but the whole I was I was actually thinking about that at the start of this month about playing through that again well I need I need other people to to play through that with me. So that's a game that is a cinematic game that needs to be played with multiple people. Like you need multiple uh. people in the room with you. Just because it's it's a it's an experience. It really is. So I unfortunately I don't I'm not gonna have that this year. Uh. Yeah, and I I just it's not a game to play by yourself. It's just not. Alright. Well we'll hit it up next time. That's fine. Um oh, cool. Well yeah, any other horror movie stuff? Cause cause some of this transitions really well into our next subject. No, I I have said my piece. You can cool. well, I can rest in peace. Burn in hell. That was a quote from someone in the crowd screaming "Burn in hell" at Kane when you play as Kane in the Nintendo sixty four game WWF Attitude. I can actually see their sign. From where I'm sitting, it's they're holding it up for me because I told you to rest in peace. So much pixels. That's another game that I would enjoy playing on a three-season sports. However, it may be logistically improbable that I would obtain said trace. Se- Casey, how do you say seasons in Spanish? Estaciones. Gracias. Estaciones. Trace estaciones. Porch. Um, in, in lieu of me, uh, being able to, whatever my sentence was prior to this, I guess I could go full, wait, no, what's this segment? This is current, cur- <laughs> I guess we could capitalize oh, on, man. Cur- this trend, this is the most seamless transition literally ever in this podcast. Sure. Well, I, we could, if we pay attention to current news. Then it becomes apparent that I could play outside with my Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. They announced that. They did. And we would be remiss to not discuss it. If only because our sister show, Game Life Balance Australia, discussed it on their Halloween special. And not to be outdone, Robert and AC, we will now talk about it as well. So here we are. What do you is think? Is it because it's very spooky? Is it very spooky? I don't know. I think so. The Nintendo Switch, you can go check it out on Nintendo's YouTube channel. The only announcement that they made was like a three and a half minute YouTube video. 
it doesn't really explain anything other than it gives you an idea of what their what their new console is and it is very obviously something that is both a handheld system that is portable that you can take with you as well as something that can dock into a machine attached to your TV that zaps whatever you're playing to your TV. Is that kind of what you got out of it too? It looks awesome. Yeah. So the advertisement, because that's all it was, it was just an advertisement. Again, no press conferences or anything on this. It made me, as a consumer, feel like the, the idea will be play a game at home and then take this thing with you. And when you have some spare moments, wherever you're going to be, for instance, on my lunch break at work, pull this out and continue playing the game that you were just playing at home on your TV. And then when you get home again, dock this controller back into this machine, pick up a gamepad, like a normal standard gamepad, and the game will magically appear back on your TV again. Now, yeah. that's that's what I just... That is just my assumption as to the way this is going to work based on the, the commercial. There are zero details about if that's actually the way that it's going to work. Who knows if that's every game? Who knows if it's just... If you have to design your game specifically for that? I would think... In fact, I would be ni- I'm 99.999% sure that there's no way that it could work with every single game if they if if this is qualified if they target the same games that are going to be on like current systems and PC hmm. unless the system is like $900 because there's just no way you're going to have enough power in that portable part of the system to render all of the things you need to render in a game like say the new Doom I just played. There's no way that there's a handheld system that could pl- that could play that right now. So you don't think? No, no. So unless there's something magic in there, or unless that system is incredibly expensive, I think there's going to be just like a, just like Nintendo systems in the past. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think there's going to be a contingent of games that gets left out because Nintendo doesn't compete on that level anymore. That's not what they. That's not how they work. They don't. They no longer compete with power. They compete with innovation. And sometimes it works, like the Wii. And sometimes you get a Wii U, and you have to bring out a new system four years later because the Wii U didn't work. Well, I think it's going to be awesome. Sure. You know, it's going to cartridges, too. Right. So you're all, I mean, you're, keep in mind that you're hamstringing yourself a little bit then, right? By going to cartridges because there's less data that can fit on those. Are you, though? We're yes. Not, think about how much can fit on an SD card these days. No, you are as much as if not more than a Blu-ray disc. Yeah, but they're they're on like HD Blu-ray now, which is far more data. Is it? Yes, yes, it is. Whatever. Um, whatever you're saying is stupid. No, I believe I, Nintendo has invented magic. No, keep. I mean, I'm. I think I'm approaching this from a realistic perspective more than. Yeah, well, I, I get. I get we're just on the as internet. excited. I get just as excited about everybody else. I mean, think about it. The Like, I own a PS4, but before I even owned a PS4, I owned a Wii U. The only two systems that I owned were a PC and a Wii U. And I feel like that's enough. I feel like that's what you, that's what you really need. John, think about it. We're on the internet, all right? You saying that Nintendo cannot fit more data on a cartridge than they can on an HD Blu-ray disc is uh, basically means that Russia sent you. To smear Nintendo. So I'm going to discredit everything that you are saying out of your mouth right now. I think it's disgusting that you paid Russia 
that you would encourage these attacks on a friendly company like Nintendo by getting Russia involved. The other things that I'm interested to see. So the other thing that this that this commercial shows is a bunch of different controller configurations. And so the way that this Switch controller looks like it works is there's a screen in the middle, just like the Wii U. And then there's two sides that detach from this screen. And so you can take these two sides out. You can either You can either have them attached to the screen and be playing just like a Wii U gamepad. So you've got a control stick on the left, buttons on the right of the screen, and you're looking in the middle for the screen. Or you can detach them. The screen can just be freestanding like a portable TV or something. And then the two sides of the controller can snap together and make one controller. And you can play on that. Or each of the two pieces of controller can be individually handed to somebody. And it can make two controllers. And you can play with those if the game supports it, I would imagine. And then they also show a scene where two people with two different switches are playing a basketball game. And they're playing it against each other, and there's no cores or anything connecting them. They're just talking to each other through uh, through the air, and people are playing on both of them that way. So it seems like like it could be something where if you want to play games with other people that have a Nintendo Switch, you might just have to bring the controller and the game, and maybe it'll just talk to the other Nintendo Switch, and you can play together, which would be really cool. I frankly think that any of it would be cool, even if none of the features you've talked about are going to happen, and it's just that you can only unclip it to play Final Fantasy XIV wherever you go, then I'm totally on board. Totally on board with that. 100% on board. It could be really cool. It looked really cool to me. It's a great commercial. I also have learned to temper expectations a little bit to not be disappointed. So, Nah. Okay. I, Nintendo can't disappoint me. There's going to be a new Mario game on it, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is coming out this year, and Final Fantasy XV comes out in a month, and I've, you know, Civilization VI is here. I mean, uh, this is the best year for video games basically ever, and uh, everything, everything, you can go to hell. <laughs> this has been a very good year for video games. I agree. This is what I'm saying. And... For the Chicago Cubs. Now, is this a coincidence? I mean, some would say no. Some so would are, say no. What are you thinking about the Switch? The, you've, your, your, your contribution to our conversation has literally just been, I think it looks awesome. I think it looks awesome. I think it's the best. I think it looks awesome. That was was yeah, I close? But I played, was I close? I had, I had way more hair to play with than you did. Okay. You see, I'm that's what I just got out of style. That's what I just got out of our conversation. Was That's what it's, it is. It's all there is to say about it. It looks awesome. I mean, I'm glad you explained it, so I didn't have to. Don't know. I don't know why I even thought I could do this. I didn't. I really didn't feel like it. You did the work for me. I, it's it's a it's a tablet. You clip on the side, so it's a controller, and you put it on a dock. Then unclip the controller sides and just have a controller, or you unclip the controller from itself, clip it on the tablet, carry it around with you. I think it could be a really really strong tablet. Tablets, the thing about tablets in this day and age are tablets are supposed to be super, super thin, right? It's all about thin sleekness. Oh, the new iPad is 0.7 nanometers wide. Look how impressive that is. I think Nintendo's not going to go that route. They're going to go functional. So they're probably going to have the tablet. I mean, I didn't really, I couldn't get a sense of the thickness from the commercial, but I'm guessing if it's an inch thick or something and they can stack six little iPads on top of well, each it'll other. Be, I mean, 
it'll be a Nintendo product, so it'll be indestructible. Yeah, they're because totally Nintendo, You know what I mean? I mean, they're indestructible. Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, yeah, I was. I just saw on Reddit a couple weeks ago. It said something like, "God bless you, Nintendo." I had somebody had their Game Boy S. No, their Nintendo DS, their first generation Nintendo DS was in a storage unit for six years, and he turned it on, and it was something like eighty-seven percent battery life. Yeah, I mean they know what they're like. They know what they're doing. They're, yes, yeah, extremely durable. And I, so I think I, I just think think outside the box. Yeah, no, a, a, a half you know a, a three atom wide iPad isn't going to be able to pack that kind of power. But if if you make it two inches wide and it yeah it's kind of clunky for a tablet, but if you're basically carrying around a video game system, then I think people aren't going to expect it to weigh like an ounce and. You know, more third-party developers are getting involved. Just the fact that it can play Skyrim on it, I think, is really great. Yeah. So, you know, we saw this with the Wii U a little bit when they released Batman Arkham something a year or two years after it had been originally released, but with Wii U controls. So I think Arkham City. Uh, yeah, Arkham City. So I think that, that when it first comes out, the Switch is going to see some, probably some quote-unquote last-gen or maybe not 100% modern state-of-the-art games. So maybe some some switches of of you know switches some some rehashes of old games but there's probably some newer stuff it can handle too i think the most important parts are that they showed the new legend of zelda game playing on it which obviously we all knew that that was going to be on that system but we saw the new legend of zelda game playing on it and also a new unannounced 3d mario game on it too which we haven't had a real one of those since galaxy 2 right Mm -hmm. and those are probably the best those to me are the best Mario games, are the three D Mario games. So there is that. There will at least be that, which I'm pretty excited about. No, they're all they're all really great. So yeah, I, I'm I don't have that much to say because I guess I uh, like you said it's well. For, I mean, I understand for you, Nintendo is infallible. For me, they are <laughs> they are not. No, and I jest. I mean, they're not infallible. You know, I I got the new Star Fox game and I played the first mission at your house drunk. Because everyone else was in bed. And then I think I played the second mission after everyone went to sleep the last night I was there. And I have not touched it since. A Star Fox. It didn't exactly get... I mean, it didn't actually... It didn't really get glowing reviews or anything. I I mean, I heard it was pretty fun, actually. I just... I, it was not compelling, you know? I yeah. mean, even when I got Twilight Princess HD, I was like, oh, I got to beat this game. But, uh, you know, Hyrule Warriors I played for hundreds of hours. So did you. And, uh, yeah, for so- my hair tonight is like, I don't know what's going on with it. I know I keep grabbing it, but whatever's going on, it should, it's some kind of crime against humanity. I think it's because the Cubs are in the World Series, honestly. It's the only explanation for my hair at this moment. It could be. Well, anyway, yeah, so that's that's my analysis. Cool? It was riveting profound thank you you really brought a lot to the table here thank you well i like to i like to try to strike a good balance with you which i guess brings us to our last and final permanent segment balancing act this is where we talk briefly about how our lives how good of a job we've been doing lately at balancing the ability to play video games. Was that grammar? Finding time to play video games in the real world of responsibilities and parenting and dating and relationships and drinking and driving. Uh, not together. Yeah, not together. You don't do those Never together. Never together. 
Insert commercial here. Or insert surprise commercial from another sponsor. Dombrowski.com. I make games. I'd love to help you make your game. From music and sound effects to arts and programming, I can do everything from the ground up to get a game ready to play. Specializing in 2D games for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and HTML5. Email me for a quote at owner at doombrowski.com. But yeah, so balancing act. Well, hey, listen, um, you talked kind of about how, how, how you've been balancing things. It sounds like you've gotten a decent amount of gaming time in. I, I did. I did. I, I woke up, I think, every single morning and got gaming in for the past like three weeks. Nice. I, think Halloween does, I think Halloween does motivate me a little bit. So I, I, I think I might have, I think I might have had, a, had a nine these past two weeks. On my game life balance, I think I I managed to not shirk any responsibilities at home that I can think of. I probably did, but not any that I can think of. And I managed to, to play through all of Doom over the past time we recorded. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say like a nine. Yeah, that's. I am definitely also at a nine because fortuitously, my my employer had a team at this at this charity walk kind of event thing. And I, I emailed my girlfriend and said, hey, do you want to go to this? It was this past Saturday. And she said, well, I've got a lot of grading to do that weekend. And my, my students have the papers and stuff that I'll be grading. And I looked at the date and I said, you know what? Actually, that's probably a good thing. Because while you're grading that day, that weekend, Civilization Six comes out. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to be kind of unavailable. And I was unavailable because Saturday I played me some Civ 6. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Which I assume we're going to talk about. I assume we'll be talking about that soon. Yeah, so here's the deal. And here's the deal with our podcast kind of moving forward. So John and I are going to talk about whatever stuff. You know, this episode, Highlander, Cubs, Halloween, Nintendo Switch. And then do a little game life balance. But anytime we've got a game we want to full-on review... We're going to post that as a separate episode so that you get directly to that content so that, you know, I mean, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you're probably a regular listener anyway. But for those who are just interested in, oh, I just want quick reaction on whatever this game is, John and I will be posting reviews of Civ Six and Doom in the next couple weeks. So just check out our website at GameLifeBalance.us for that. And it'll also show up on our on our feeds on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. But uh, but yeah, I will go way in depth into Civ Six. But I will say that I I finished my first game and my second game and started a third game. It's the way that this works. Yeah. So, but the and I've said this before. The thing about the Civilization series is you play a game or two and then you've really kind of hit a you hit a limit. There's only so much one more turning you can do before managing an entire civilization gets to be a little overwhelming and you're like you know what i don't need to start a new game that's going to take 10 or 15 hours so i think after my after this current i'm doing kind of a speed run just as an experiment that i'll talk about later and i might do some multiplayer with our friend will maybe after halloween but other than that um i'll I'll dabble here and there but probably just here and there and i'll be going back to Final Fantasy XIV to hold me over until Final Fantasy XV. One quick note about Final Fantasy XIV. You remember you said when you played the final dungeon of the game, you would watch all the cutscenes and, and all the you know all the dialogue and stuff. So by the time you were done doing that, they just beat the dungeon without you? Yes. Okay, so 
I went on YouTube and I, I said, here's what I'm going to do to avoid to avoid repeating John's mistake, learn from his mistake. I'm going to go yes. on YouTube and watch every cutscene from the final dungeon before playing the final dungeon. So that way when I get to the scene, I can just skip it. Maybe I'll even put my laptop in front of me and, and just kind of play it in the background while I'm playing or something, you know? I loaded the YouTube. I haven't watched it yet. The video on YouTube of just cutscenes from the final dungeon is 26 minutes long. Yes, there are. And that was part of the reason why by the time I would get done with those cutscenes, everybody would have already moved on to the next boss or whatever. Yeah. Because the cutscenes are very long. 26 minutes of cutscenes in one dungeon. I mean, if you if you scroll the text a little faster, maybe maybe closer to 20 or something. But yeah, so literally most of the reason I haven't played the last dungeon is because I haven't had time at work because I, I want to do it on my lunch break, but I keep forgetting or not being able to focus or getting distracted or, or I had to work through lunch or whatever. But I want to at work. It makes sense, right? Make my food, put it in front of my laptop because we all have laptops and just watch the cutscenes while I'm eating, you know, seems efficient. Yep. But, uh, yeah. So I thought that was a little outrageous. Um, other than that, uh, Hearthstone, I also, one, one final thing. I streamed myself playing Hearthstone. Did you see this? I did. I saw that you had a stream up. Okay. So it's on Facebook. It's on the Cody Goff Facebook fan page. Uh, I've tweeted links to it. Just search Cody Goff on Facebook and my pictures me with a microphone and, and you'll see it. But I, I, I discovered that Hearthstone is more fun when you play wild there's, there's two game modes that they, they split earlier this year. They they have Wild, which is you can play with any Hearthstone card that's ever been released. And then they have Standard, which is you can only play with the basic set plus any sets that came out within the last two years. So Standard is now kind of the, I, I mean, for lack of a better word, Standard for competitive play and for ladder play. And it's when you look at decks, you know, what are the top ranking decks? It's all standard. So standard is kind of the way to go. The problem is that it's a restrictive set and people have optimized the the decks to the point where literally, if you look at actually the, there's some Hearthstone championship going on right now with 16 players, every single player brought the same deck. Every single one, because they each bring two or three decks. There's one deck that everyone is running. I can't remember. It's either Sham. I think it's the Shaman mid-range deck, but literally every player. So it's it, it, like when I'm playing ladder matches on, on the you know in the tournament la- ladder ranked That's all you see. matches. Yeah, you only see Shaman, and there were two other classes I would see, and it, it just gets so boring and miserable. And with Wild, it's fun because you never know what the opponent's gonna play. You never have any idea. Like, they'll be in the middle of a deck that maybe seems kind of familiar, and then they'll play a card, and I'm like, oh my god, like, they played Kel'Thuzad. That I haven't seen that ever, you know, in a while. And, and it also allows you to mess around with your deck and play more fun cards. So I found a deck that works really well for me. I win a couple matches in the stream. Um, check it out for commentary. I I'll, I, I might stream to YouTube in the future, but um, but I did that. So, so I've been gaming a ton in the last couple of weeks. We'll see how long I can keep that up. Sweet. Yeah. I'm going to give myself a 10. Yeah, you would. Um, not for the amount of gaming I've been playing, just for my good looks. Okay. Okay, good looks. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, why don't we talk about uh, the network that we belong to? Why don't you do that while I respect women over here? You're just going to sit there and respect women? I'll just be over here respecting women. More than okay. anyone else. So we are... Uh, 
We are members of a podcast collective called the Gunna Geek Network. You can find it at gunnageek.com. It's got a lot of geeky podcasts on there. Uh, things, very specific things from uh, shows about individual uh, podcasts about individual television shows to some that are very broad uh, that cover kind of all things that are geeky. Uh, in fact, we do have a podcast called All Things Good and Nerdy. And most recent episode of that is All Things Good and Nerdy, number 232, Willie and the Bell. It's a packed show today as ATGN is joined by Keith to talk about the Nintendo Switch. Willie got a PSVR and has got some early impressions. Naki is excited about Donald Glover joining the Star Wars universe and more this week. It's full of uh, it's a full but fun show. And then recently, I think who who uh, launched Better Podcasting? It's Stephen and Stephen John Drew, the network owner it's, and Stargate pioneer. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. So. Stephen uh, Stephen John Drew, again, the owner of the network, and then Stargate Pioneer, one of the members of the network. Uh, Launch Better Podcasting, it's one of the newer shows that we have, and it's a show about podcasting. So their most recent episode is episode number 50, SP's Golden Rule of Hobby Podcasting. I assume that's what we do. We hobby podcast. If you're considering starting a podcast, Gunna Geek Network's Stargate Pioneer has developed a list of consideration, which he deems his golden rules of hobby podcasting. Check this out of episode 50 of Better Podcasting, uh, and then it'll give you a link there for that as well. But you can find that at GunnaGeek.com. You sure can. And... Feel like we're you can find us there. Yeah, find us there yeah too. you can. I feel like we should be promoting something else, but I can't think of what. So here we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at this and, the, you know, there aren't a lot of new promos up, up here. So I did some of the some of the ones that are new. Well, I mean, the I Cubs are in the World Series. I, people are busy. Trust me, I know. I, accept it. I do. Just I accept, accept it. Just accept it. All right, that's cool. Well, fun. Can, fun times. Funsies. Fun, fun zoes. Funzos, funzies, funzines. Cool. Well, yeah, uh, stay tuned at some point in the next couple weeks for our reviews of Civilization VI and Doom. I may try to get a special guest host for my Civ VI review. Ooh, maybe we should try and get a guest host for Doom, because I do know somebody who also played the game recently. We should. uh, That game. I want to talk about that game. Do you? I do. Cool. Great. Well. I doom. (laughs) What? No formal training. No formal training. Do you see no that? That was no formal, formal training. Wow. No formal training. You, my friend, have right ascended. You've ascended. Speaking of ascending. The next level. Thank comic you. Genius. Next level of comic genius. Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance United States of America podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode. I know that's super cliche, but it legit does help us in ways that you'll never understand, and I won't either. And leave us a review if you really want to make our day, especially John, because all he does every morning is message me. Every morning, first thing I wake up, 5 a.m. text message, did we get a new review? Literally every morning. I will screenshot it and post it on our website. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast of uh, podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at WGNplus.com. And you can learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show and all the stuff that we do at GameLifeBalance.us. Our latest review, latest review on the iTunes, iTunes store was from March 23rd, 2015. Are you serious? So, so as Stained would say, 
It's been a while. Wait, no, that's not possible because I thought AC reviewed it after we became sister shows with Game Life Balance Australia. I know AC reviewed it somewhere. Then it's not on the iTunes store. And as Stained said, it's been a while. And I'd sing the song, but we don't have the we don't have the royalties. We don't have the the rights. We get sued. Mr. Stained has much a much different voice. Happy that's, that's Adam Sandler. That's not. Well, now you're Adam Sandler, everybody, with the pudding pop.